0: Welcome to the Science and Paranormal with Dr. Jana and Dr. Elliot, where science meets the unexpected, where we delve deep into the mysteries that straddle the line between scientific inquiry and paranormal. Get ready for a mind-altering journey as we embark on this phenomenal discovery together on United Public Radio Network, 107.7 FM.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: Hello, good evening. It has been a cold evening, I must say, and dark and late.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to another episode of Science and the Paranormal with Dr. Yana and Dr. Elliot. We're broadcasting live on the United Public Radio Network, the UFO Paranormal Radio Network, 105.3 and 107.7 FM out of New Orleans and also on Roku TV. Tonight, we're going to talk to you about reincarnation. Are you influenced by the previous versions of you?
0: That is such an incredible topic, Dr. Elliot.
1: It is. Uh, I do find reincarnation fascinating, although I don't know if. It's funny. Sometimes in life, I feel like, oh, I wish I would have kind of went down this path instead of being a police officer, like an intelligence officer, or I wish I would have tried this or I wish I would have tried that. And it, in some regards, it's, you know, it's kind of unfair that like in this current life, we can't do multiple things. I mean, some people do switch careers, uh, you know, but um, in my experience, a lot of people are afraid to leave what they know. Usually don't. Um, Now, uh, even for me, I've stayed mostly in law enforcement. And when I, Retired, I kind of thought to myself if I was going to get back into work, it would have been probably something to do with law enforcement, whether it was private investigator status or something like that. Um, but I don't know. Sometimes I wonder too if i if I don't want to come back because sometimes you work so you work so hard in this life. It's like, do you really want to come back and do all that again? Um, I don't know. What, what's your <laughs> thoughts on, on reincarnation? On on coming back? On you know, just taking life in as it is in in this lifetime.
0: That is interesting because we don't get a choice whether to come back or not. We have to finish uh, what we have not finished and the questions, uh, the lessons that we have to learn and we didn't learn. So we have to go back and back and back again into this earth and to different uh, incarnations. Uh, in order to square things away, because like now you don't want to come back, but uh, it's not up to you, really. So
1: <laughs> we I don't, just I don't had- want to I'll tell you that I, I just want to stay in the in the peaceful environment that comes, uh, you know, comes afterwards, hopefully. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what we hope, right? Not to turn into some sort of a rat or a dog, right? Into some miser, right? And be in a poor condition somewhere. Yeah, reincarnation yeah. is a fascinating topic. It is also known as rebirth or transmigration. It is a belief that suggests the soul or consciousness of a person is reborn into a new body after death. It is a concept that has been present in various cultures and religions throughout the history, including Hinduism, Buddhism, Yainism, and certain sects of Sikhism. But the interesting thing that if we think about it, uh, we don't think about ourselves uh, in terms of um, uh, Judeo-Christian perspective or Islam, right? However, That was exactly the case and central topic of uh, uh, ancient Jews and also Christians. And how can we call that ancient? It was just uh, 2000 years ago. The concept of reincarnation was central for first Christians. And I, I was gonna say, I remember. Oh yes, I remember. I was right there, I was right there. Exactly, that was the time In only in 300s when things have changed and the uh, phenomenon of reincarnation decided to be buried and never remembered because um, as the Bible was composed and certain books went into it and some did not make into it. Uh, also did not uh, the idea of reincarnation also didn't make into it and somehow nowadays when we talk whereas Christians or even Jews when we talk about reincarnation it is a topic that is a taboo and all of a sudden you become possessed by a demon if you talk about it (laughs) that you are in fact could be reincarnated uh, and um, have uh, past lives so it's very interesting that this idea of reincarnation uh, that is, is rooted in the belief that that is life is a continuous cycle of birth, death, and rebirth. And according to this belief, the soul is eternal and goes through a series of lives, each offering opportunities for spiritual growth of evolution. The specific circumstances of each life, um, such as um, our social status, talents, and experiences are believed to be influenced by the actions and choices made in previous life, known as karma. And we all know what karma is, in fact, but... It is not in our Western vocabulary for sure that it wasn't. But now it is, it made itself, uh, uh, it way right through and we all talk about it, right? In which regard? Like, oh, it's bad karma, right? Bad karma. Oh, it's karma. We all know that word, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Karma kind of comes more from uh, your Eastern uh, religions. Um, And like you said, it's not, we talk about it here in the West, but uh, we don't like, delve deep into us like the uh the eastern religions do hinduism and and buddhism um, certainly you know believe in karma i i believe in karma i've seen it happen to people you know Um, people do good deeds and all of a sudden like something nice will happen for them it might not be extraordinary but you know it could be something as simple as they get a course that they wanted to go on or something like that and then i've seen you know people treat other people with ill intentions and you know it comes back to them. It might not, uh, it might not come back tomorrow, but it eventually does come back to them. Um, so I certainly, I certainly do do believe in karma. Um, and it's, a, uh, it's really interesting, uh, the reincarnation idea that we're here to, you know, learn as many life lessons as possible and the possibility that you could be, you know, return to, uh, to kind of fill that, that void. And, uh, almost like how we talk about old souls, when you meet somebody and you can tell that they're an old soul and they're just very knowledgeable and feel like, you know, they've been around the block kind of thing. And then you meet some other people that are kind of, you know, kind of, kind of goofy and, you know, uh, young and and immature, and, and can kind of need to, to grow up a little bit more or learn those life lessons. Um, I try to actually get somebody to come to the Paranormal Symposium this year to speak about uh, reincarnation. I think I reached out to uh, Dr. Jim Tucker at the University of Virginia uh, Perceptual Studies Unit because he looks at uh, a lot of children and past lives and uh, reincarnation because there's a lot of research that's been done on reincarnation saying that children between the ages of two and two and eight at the, at the higher end, uh, seem to be the ones that really recall like their past lives. And then it seems like once they hit that age between six and eight, they, they start to kind of forget that, that past life. And then they start to focus on their, on their current life. So that's, that's really interesting. And this isn't just like, you know, children make up stories all the time. Um, I was just at my, uh, my uh, brother-in-law's house tonight. And, uh, The kids were pretending that they were seeing Annabelle and Chucky uh, because they on YouTube now they watch scary videos, you know. So like, I know that thanks to you,
0: to Uncle Elliot.
1: Yes, well, probably yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny because I do have a replica Annabelle from the movie, and I do have um, the Raggedy Ann doll that somebody gave me uh, that was around the same time frame on the production line as the the real Annabelle. Um, and I showed it to uh, my niece Nola and she just absolutely loves it. Cause I have it up here in the office locked in a, in a case that I made to look like the animal case. Um, but it's, that it's funny. I mean,
0: Dr. That is absolutely horrifying. I will never I visit you there.
1: <laughs> I know. You just barely see my haunted monkey uh, in the frame too. Oh, there he is just sitting on my shelf. <laughs> but um Yeah, I've got a couple. Is this a
0: real haunted monkey? Seriously?
1: Yes. So the story behind that, uh, this is funny. We keep jumping topics, but I mean, they're all interesting. Um, So I was on Facebook one day and somehow this, uh, this uh, like flea market kind of Facebook page popped up and I could see Uh people talking in it and they were talking about uh, what to do with this allegedly haunted monkey. So... um, I messaged the guy and I said, Hey, do you have the monkey? And he said, yeah. And I said, what's the story behind it? He said his dad owns this flea market in Missouri and that, uh, he basically goes to like estate sales and and things like that. So this, uh, older man had created this monkey, apparently according to his sisters, no idea why, very freaky looking. And, um, basically passed away and they wanted to get rid of it so uh, him and his dad went and collected some things for their flea market and the son decided to keep the monkey so then um, he brings it home and he was living with a girlfriend at the time and he said that they would both come home from work and find the monkey in different places so um eventually one night they both uh were watching a movie he said it it was more active on full moons and it was a full moon they were watching a movie and they actually saw the monkey's head turn a little bit so the girlfriend said you've got to get rid of this monkey uh so he locked it in a trunk and then went on um his dad's flea market site basically trying to get rid of it So the first thing i did was obviously do some research to see like oh does this flea market sell haunted items all the time you know what i mean Um, and is that how they get rid of like ugly, useless things? And, uh, there was nothing else on the website, uh, talking about anything to do with the paranormal. So I was like, okay, that's interesting. So, um, I told the guy, I said, well, I'd be willing to take it off your hands. I explained who I was, you know, I said, at least, uh, it would be safe here if it really is haunted. Um, and I said, we could also do some research on it, you know, being paranormal phenomena research and investigation. So we, um, I ended up uh, having a chip to me and uh, he has not done anything at all except be on a, t- a television show. He was on a, he was on a paranormal television show called repossessed. And uh, he uh, basically was on an episode there about his, his backstory and uh, the team of investigators basically come to people and, and take the item if, if the people don't want it anymore. Um, but obviously he, he with me so i used to have him in my fake annabelle case and then once i got um, the raggedy Ann doll to sit next to the movie annabelle i had to kick him out of the case so he's just roaming free now but uh as you can see sitting there just loving life on my shelf um but it's uh it's interesting because sarah works up in my office quite a bit uh when she worked from home and she's never experienced anything from him either she was actually more creeped out by the raggedy Ann doll than she was joe that's his name. No, Joe. I don't blame her. Joe the Mon- monkey. Um, Joe yeah, the no, monkey. Joe the monkey. That that was his name that the flea market people gave him. So I, I I kept the I kept the name. Um. So yeah. So it's really interesting. Actually, the other haunted item there for those that are watching uh, on YouTube is that actually that red painting over there. Uh, anyone that's heard me do any other interviews or podcasts um, would have heard me talk about uh, that painting, and that and that had an interesting story too. So that painting uh was painted by a lady that was going through a rough time normally whenever she goes through rough time she likes to express it in her art and uh she had painted that picture and it's got like a little brown wooden door in the middle of it and it was basically to represent that she had just gone through a rough time she's about to open a door kind of start a new life um you know kind of simple story started to hang it up in her house and it wouldn't stay hung on the wall kept falling off and then one time it actually flew off and hit her husband so again she went online and uh, was talking about uh to it, this was in a paranormal group though talking about what to do with it should she burn it destroy it so i sent her a private message and just said hey where you at i found out she's actually in canada she was in Western canada um i explained again who i was and i said hey i said i'd be willing to pay uh the shipping on that and uh you know if you want to part with it and uh like she didn't ask me for money because it's her art and she sells it and things like that like she didn't ask for any money or anything she was happy that i was willing to pay the shipping so um she went to staples to go get the packaging material and almost got t-boned on her way there so she goes she gets the packaging material she goes back to her mother's house she wraps it all up puts it in the van and says i'll just leave it in the van for for the night office in the morning and on her, uh, when she woke up and was about to go to, on her way to the post office, someone had tried to break into her van. They had actually ripped the, the door handle off her van and she sent me pictures of it and said, uh, you know, this thing is just bad luck. Like, are you sure you want me to send it? I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, so still, still send it. So she goes to the uh, post office and she's trying to uh, text me and, uh, let, you know, ask me how I want this item shipped. And, uh, you know, like if you send it overnight, $10,000, and if you send it like, you know, just snail mail, uh, you know, it's cheaper. So I said, obviously just send it, uh, the cheapest possible way. And she did, but her phone kept like glitching out and resetting on her. So it took her like at least or 45 minutes to get that information across to me. And then finally it got shipped. I've had it hung on my wall and, uh, two places actually, uh, I've lived here uh, for two years and it was in as well. And it's a piece here. So I don't know if it was something that she was manifesting at her house, possibly. Um, but I mean, uh, it's kind of a kind of a cool painting. So I like it anyways, uh, as a piece of artwork. Interesting.
0: Interesting. It sounds like uh, something similar to poltergeist, right? When teenagers can actually exhibit this um, uh, interesting energy and cause things to happen. That's what we know of, right? And perhaps uh, those were also the coincidences that happened because she was in that state, because she, w- she expressed negative energy and negative uh, feelings uh, at the time. That's so interesting. So you do not feel anything there.
1: No, I don't. In your uh, office,
0: there's nothing.
1: Yeah, no, I don't uh, at all. I feel um, I don't feel any bad, like energy or anything like that from it. And yeah, nothing's ever happened. There are there are stories though of you know people being uh, putting their emotion and their intention into into their right. artwork. Um, there was uh, actually a gentleman that used to. I, I'm trying to remember his name. I can't remember his name right now. Um, I'll have to do some research on it, but he used to always paint himself with an injured eye. And this one time he was at an art convention and a fight broke out between two artists and he went to go uh, break the fight up and he lost not the eye that he always painted, but his opposite eye, he ended up getting injured breaking up this fight. And uh, it's just kind of strange that, you know, he always would paint himself with an injured eye. And then down the road, he ends up getting an injured eye um, you know, call it, call it what, call it what you will. It's almost like, uh, it could be even, um, just how we, we, we think. And we, you know, like if we think positively, usually positive things happen. If we think negatively, negative things can happen. So possibly because he always was painting himself like that. It almost was like a unfortunate, um, you know, future prediction by him.
0: True, but if uh, you look at uh, another fact that when he was painting himself, he was looking at himself in the mirror, correct? Mm. So yeah. probably, when yeah. his when his opposite eye, that's a mirror, the the the, the opposite um, picture, correct? Is the mirror image? So in fact, when the universe doesn't know from left from right, right? If you just look at it this way, so. His correct eye was gone, the one that he was actually painting because it was a mirror image.
1: Mm. So, yeah, that's is very and that's, smart, and that's true too. Yeah, it could have possibly, you know, been that, uh, that situation. I, yeah, um, and then the it's thing is that we're though.
0: not. We're not uh, steering away from this conversation because if we look at your monkey and uh, even the raggedy doll Anne, right, uh, those are the items uh, with the, the incarnated spirits. So if we talk about a reincarnation, those are the incarnated spirits that uh, came to the body because uh, uh, what is the incarnation? Meaning that in the body, so those spirits, we don't actually know what kind of spirits they are, perhaps of the people who passed away already uh, and they're just um, inhabiting the body uh, of um, a doll in this case. Right. Uh, but in fact, it is uh, some sort of uh, incarnation, perhaps. So uh, we can't we don't know much about reincarnation to the fact that, that we can speculate whether that was a human uh, life or human spirit inhabiting those items, but could be something worse. So <laughs> that's very interesting. And I'm, not, I'm never visiting you. I'm never seeing your monkey in person. Never seeing that raggedy doll. Nothing. I'm not coming for a visit ever <laughs>
1: <laughs> well it's funny uh it's funny um a friend of mine nicknamed my office when i was renovating it here uh he said we should call it the ghost loft so that's kind of what i call it now is the ghost loft because obviously it used to be uh you know i live in a century home uh i think it's 110 years old it'll be 111 this year so the attic's got the slanted roof as you can see in the back uh back of me anyone that's watching uh on youtube our uh, facebook live um so uh nicknamed it the ghost love and there's actually a spare bedroom up here uh one's, we have a spare bedroom here and one downstairs but uh everyone hates uh sleeping up here uh because <laughs> all of my paranormal I stuff i don't in-
0: blame them that's crazy yeah, yeah,
1: it puts people on edge for sure um but it's uh it's interesting i i feel nothing up here like i said it's it's very comfortable and yeah it's nice
0: well, that's nice. That's nice. Well, actually, the, the um coming back to your comment that, oh, you never want to come back, um, it is viewed as a process of learning uh, and self-improvement.
2: Mm. Because
0: it provides us with multiple chances to learn from our past mistakes and develop virtues and ultimately achieve spiritual enlightenment or liberation from the cycle of rebirth. And if we talk about the, the spiritual enlightenment, there are so many people who are just running around and telling everyone, oh, I'm, enlighten- I'm an enlightened person. What does that actually mean? Enlightenment means that you let the light in and uh, you're filled with light, although so many people who call themselves enlightened people are not filled with light at all. So that is also an interesting fact. Mm. Yeah, so um, we have so many different researchers uh, that have already done uh, a lot of work um, on uh, uh, reincarnation, like for example. Yeah, I uh, love the cases where,
1: yeah, Ian Stevenson has as well, yeah, Ian Stevenson, Jim Tucker. Um, I love the fact when they have a case uh, where the, usually the child, Uh, provides information that they're able to corroborate. Um, I've heard stories about uh, they've tracked down the family and the date of death and the time of birth kind of coincide with each other. Um, That they, you know, the child has always talked about that town and then when they do the research, they find out that that is where he's from. My colleague, uh, Daryl Walsh, he's a lot more skeptical with uh, reincarnation. He often thinks that it could... You know, if the parents are talking about it, then the child could overhear it and you know start getting these ideas in their head. But um send him just, over to you. Gotta look for little- <laughs> we'll oh I know I know, you, I, I know you would <laughs> uh you would argue it with them. I usually argue uh something. I
0: will not about. argue with him. Why argue? We're well, just gonna put him down and that's it and extract all those past lives from him.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's um you know it's a. Uh, it is. It's fascinating. I love the cases where you can actually corroborate stuff because otherwise, it's almost like everything else in the paranormal. It's, it's very subjective. So, uh, you know, I think when you get a really good case of reincarnation and dig into it, uh, you can. Have you, now you've done a lot of hypnosis. Have you done anything um, where you've actually, you know, gotten some past life information from a client able to corroborate anything? whether it was, you know, a a date of death that was corroborated or a name or anything.
0: There were a lot of them, in fact. uh, And those cases are such interesting cases because they give you the confirmation of the life that used to be, that the person that you used to be is actually the continuation of the same soul. And what I've noticed uh, with all the people that I um, have regressed, that we have looked at um, previous lives, I've noticed uh, one commonality. Well, actually, there are many commonalities. uh, And one of them uh, is the pattern that continues throughout the lifetimes. That's very interesting. There is a pattern that is uh, just uh, like a a line that goes from one incar- incarnation to another. And that is uh, uh, partic- particularly interesting, especially with those people who did not believe in any past life uh, uh, in, in reincarnation or even even possessing any past lives experiences. So for them... To be able to see and recall something that that, um, has uh, a reflection in objective reality, for them, it's just mind-blowing. I had um, one of the recent clients, uh, uh, she came to me and uh, we did the past life regression because she really wanted to see, to look at herself, why she has these recurring dreams Mm-hmm. And turn out to be that she was one of the wives of Henry VIII, the Bluebeard, and she was an Boleyn. But we can, of course, speculate why we look, uh, why she was able to regress and to that particular historical timeline, right? And perhaps she already knew a lot uh, about Henry VIII and all of his wives and how they all died, right? Mm. But there were interesting, very interesting details about her life, about the people in her court that are not so widely known in history and right. the ladies in waiting and they, the details of their lives. So that was very interesting because I was able to locate uh, that lady in the waiting and the details about her life, something that the, uh, my client had told me during hypnosis. And um, she was extremely happy to find out. And she gave me so many details about that lifetime that uh, even the death, actually, the death was different. While we know that she was beheaded, right? She, uh, mm. I don't remember exactly what happened to her, but um, she was not beheaded. Yeah,
1: Henry wasn't too kind to his, to his wife.
0: <laughs> no, he was a particularly miserable man at the end because the problem with his leg. Uh, otherwise he could have been a nice uh, fluffy kind man, right? But we will never know because he it's, was, it's funny because, because uh, she Aunt, was one of them.
1: It's funny because Anne Boleyn was married to uh, Henry VIII and uh, her uh, apparition is often reported as a residual haunting. Um, they often, uh, people that see her at the, uh, at the castle where she was executed or the town, I guess, um, they uh, often see, uh, see her you know, being carried by two guards uh, off to uh, the execution. So uh, yeah, no, Henry VIII, uh, he wasn't too kind to, the, to his wives.
0: <laughs> but if you look at that, Dr. Elliot, what do you think of this fact that her apparition, so essentially uh, some part of her soul is still there, or perhaps um, the apparition would be in a form of a hologram that, is, that yes. keeps appearing in that place, but her soul reincarnated into different bodies. So, how could she be yes. in the different places at the same time?
1: Yeah, no, I th- I think her haunting would be a residual haunting. So, some it was, you know, probably very traumatic for her that uh, you know she was about to be beheaded, and in some instances, um, what we've been able to tell through through research and human experiences and interviewing people is that uh, sometimes it le- leaves an energy imprint, or it's called the Stone Tape theory. Um, where something has been recorded in the environment or that energy has been recorded in the environment. And for whatever reason, when circumstances are right, it will replay, like you said, like a hologram or like a uh, a video recording. And uh, that type of apparition doesn't communicate with the living. So if you were, you know, uh, a janitor cleaning up at the museum and you see Anne Boleyn, you know, walking down the hall and you yelled at her, she's not going to respond to you. She's going to continue to walk, you know, the way that she did at that time that the, that energy was recorded in the environment. So, um, you know, it's almost like it's them, but it's not them. So like you said, if if you're a believer in reincarnation and she's either, you know, moved into the spiritual realm or she's been reincarnated, um, she's off living that life, but her energy from that, incident was recorded uh, in the environment i had a really cool story i believe it was in i got my books on my uh desk here but it was more supernatural encounters from law enforcement and um uh, there was a police officer that had received a call from a janitor working late at night And uh, he said it sounded like somebody was being murdered in the apartment upstairs. He he said he could hear uh, furniture smashing and and thumping and a a lady screaming. So it was actually faster for the police to run down the road because the police station was just a block away rather than get into the car and get out through the secure gate. So the two police officers that were working that night ran down to the uh, post office and there was apartments above the post office and the janitor let them upstairs and let them into the apartment. I mean, they completely empty. There was absolutely no furniture there at all. Uh, it looked like uh, nobody had lived there for quite some time. Um, one of the police officers actually had the idea to shine his flashlight towards the floor and he could see dust on the floor. And the only footprints that they could see in there were from theirs, their work mm-hmm. duties. And uh, the janitor was freaked out when he found this out. He was waiting outside the apartment. So they told him and, uh, you know, he he said, no, he said, I'm not making this up. This really happened. Went out through the fire. you go back in, they check the window. But, you know, when people are lazy and they don't tape uh, the windows off and, and take care when they're painting, somebody had actually painted over the window cell. So it was kind of sealed shut and there was no mm-hmm. way to get it. So, uh, you know, the police went outside, they checked the roof, nobody up there. Uh, went back to the station, wrote the report. And the next day uh well the member was sleeping he got a phone call from the chief of police and he was kind of laughing on the phone and he said uh, tell me about what happened last night so the police officer tells the chief of police the exact same story that i just told and he said Hmm, he said that's interesting he said that's the second call we've had there for the same thing that there's like a fight or a murder in progress But he said, the really strange thing is that several years ago, there was actually a homicide in that apartment. And apparently uh, a gentleman had murdered his uh, wife or his common-law with a a butter knife. So not, you know, a serrated uh, knife. So it would have probably been a very brutal uh, homicide, um, especially having worked homicide myself uh, for many years. So that incident has now become almost like a residual haunting because it's now replayed at least twice that we know uh, according to, uh, you know, local police department. So um, certainly they're an interesting type of haunting, you know, and, and I love hauntings. I love ghosts and I love talking about different kinds, but that's certainly um, one type of, of, of ghost. And uh, it's not one that, like I said, you can communicate with or anything like that. It's almost like you said, a hologram.
0: Yeah, so that would be hologram. That is so interesting, and I'm so glad that you had uh, you recorded uh, that event because now we can base our knowledge um, and uh, make hypotheses and understand more things about this phenomena. Yes, about the hologram. It's like something is recorded uh, in the environment, right? In that particular time, it just recorded, maybe that it was charged with emotion or not, but it was recorded and it, it remained there as it is. throughout the centuries, just appearing again, again, and again. So that's interesting because I know, and of course, this is the funny thing about the reincarnation, because if you ask people uh, who did reincarnation, they are going to tell you that, oh, they remember thousands and thousands of their lives, quite possible. Um, I don't doubt, but a lot of them somehow, they are kings and queens you know, and uh, emperors, and somehow nobody is a janitor, you know, (laughs) nobody Mm -hmm. is just a worker, you know, doing the manual work, nobody is a slave. So that is so interesting to me, and a lot of uh, women would recall themselves being Cleopatra. So to me, uh, when I was pondering this question, because one of my incarnations, I remember, and I also was uh, Cleopatra a long time ago, and I could see the details that uh, I was able to verify because at that time I didn't know much about her life, but uh, with the vivid and crazy imagery that I saw, I was able to actually verify that with historical facts, what her father was, what he did with her sister, how he killed her, and I saw it everything in my own eyes, with my own eyes, And it was not a very nice experience seeing all of that. Uh, However, I started pondering the question, why so many women say that they were Cleopatra? Perhaps they wanted... uh, it was a wishful thinking, and, and of course that when they go back, that, oh, who, who, how am I going to see myself? Perhaps I'm going to be the queen, Elizabeth. I'm going to be Queen, uh, queen Victoria. And Elizabeth was, what? A different Elizabeth. Yeah. So guys would be kings b- without even understanding that this is exactly, this is a wishful thinking, and uh, they imagine themselves. B- b- the human imagination is fantastic. We can imagine anything, but If you go back into the historical time and you find the facts that are not widely known, uh, that is a a very interesting um, thing. And I was able to see, I was able to see all those murders. And I said to myself, I don't know much about that time. Didn't know much about that time at the time. So I had to learn, and I learned even the names uh, of uh, um, her father, because that was not the, the, like I said, I did not know much about that time period, and uh, having the names and even the faces that I saw and I was able then to verify actually with the busts that uh, uh, we have and uh, we did not quite have any depictions. Uh, uh, we had busts and uh, I was able even to see the Caesar. I was able to see Mark Anthony. I was able to see uh, Ptolemy, the Pharaoh and um that was a, a very interesting thing. And uh, to me, doing this research and also with myself, and know myself uh, brings a very interesting understanding of how do those past lives relate to my life now. And you know, Dr. Elliot, I was never a believer. In reincarnation, to me, it was uh, such a nonsense that uh, I thought that people are just uh, amusing themselves with this kind of nonsensical things. Up until the time that I was uh, doing um, residency, uh, while I was doing the PhD, and some of other students, they were practicing past <clears throat> life regression when we were doing clinical hypnosis program, right? And they were doing past life regression and I was just laying there, I I was just resting with my feet up, uh, trying to just uh, uh, unplug myself from the environment and rest a little bit. I was able, actually, I fell into one of my past lives, what they were doing right next to me. I was able to fall into that. I did not quite understand what was happening to me. I was so upset to me, it was such a crazy reality. So I uh, I came back out of it. I didn't know what to do with that information. And only a year later, when I was on the island of Crete in Greece, I was able to understand what I saw. It was one of my past lives. And I was sitting on that the, the um, palace of Knossos on the island of Crete. Uh, that's where the Minotaur uh, story is um, coming from. Mm. And I was sitting there and I knew exactly where everything was. And I wasn't even walking around. It was my home. It was like home to me. And I knew exactly where everything was and how this uh, um, uh, monumental building looked like before. And I knew what it was uh, even in the basement type um rooms so to me it was a uh such a profound experience that i started doing my own research on that
1: very very interesting and um yeah it's uh it's it's definitely a fascinating concept i i it's one of the more things that uh yeah i just i'm almost like you i guess i kind of have like a little bit of hard time kind of fully like buying into into reincarnation. I think it's just some of the, you know, the the skeptical viewpoints that can be presented on it, you know, such as, uh, especially, you know, if it's a false memory, or, um, you know, suggest, uh, power of suggestion, or, you know, other kind of psychological factors that are Mm -hmm. that are taking place. So it's yeah, it's a it's a tough one, I guess. You know, unless uh, like unless you've experienced it fully, and and like I said, I guess uh, seeing is believing. Now in the paranormal, uh, as I always say, a picture used to be a thousand worth a thousand words, and it's a uh, it's not anymore. So it's a uh, it's one of those ones that I'm like, I guess maybe like like I said, I don't want. Sometimes I don't want to come back, especially if it's like I was bad in this life and I have to learn some harsh lessons i guess you know you know what i mean (laughs) that's why i'm always always trying to be good and i do say that i i do because i told you i do believe in karma and i do try and do good things like one time i was at the grocery store and uh there was an elder poor elderly lady just behind me and she's only buying a couple things and i think it was like a piece of fruit or something that wasn't exactly like the best and she was just gonna leave it or whatever and so I was like, you know what? I was like, just give me all your groceries. And I and, and paid for it. And then she was like, thank you. you know, uh was telling me her, her whole life story and stuff like that. Or uh, the odd time I've gone through uh, the drive-through as well and bought the person's uh, stuff behind me and just things like that because I'm like, you know what? Come judgment day, hopefully a few of these good things I do, uh, you know, c- come into play.
0: <laughs> oh, Yes. Interestingly enough, that in Egyptian mythology, uh your heart would be weighed uh, according yes, to all of the right. deeds that you did. So that's right. you never know. It's better to put the scale down on the opposite side, right? <laughs> when you're that's what I'm
1: thinking too. Yeah do, uh, yeah, do as much good as you can. Uh You know, so uh like we've, yeah, we've done, Sarah and I both like, well... Like uh, For example, this this last snowstorm, I probably didn't get to tell you, but uh, here in Cape Breton, Nova Scotia, we just underwent this major snowstorm uh, for American listeners, about 80, 80 inches of snow because it was like 150 centimeters of snow. So a lot Very small. And um, within the last couple of days, uh, it's been melting and then it rained a little bit. So it kind of made the snow on top of roof, uh, roofs really heavy and ice. And uh, at one of the seniors complex here in town, the ice fell off the roof, hit a propane tank and exploded at a seniors complex and killed one senior and it displaced 60 others and uh this was on the mayor's facebook page uh telling us what happened so you know i went on there and i talked Mm -hmm. to sarah and we both felt really bad and she said you know i wouldn't mind if one of those seniors needs a place to live that we could put them down in our spare room downstairs it was actually designed as an in-law suite it's got its own shower it's actually like handicapped senior friendly like you it's got like a bench you can sit on it was designed for the that used to live here is uh, parents. So we had reached out to the mayor and said, you know, if one of the seniors needs a place to stay, we're willing to, uh, to take them in kind of thing. Now, I know the Red Cross is involved and they have them all put up at hotels right now, but it's things like that, mm-hmm. um, you know, that I think is important and it's not doing it selfishly. Like, you know, it's, um, you know, it, I do legitimately believe in, in karma And if if you put out bad things, you're probably going to get bad things in return. But if you put out good things, you'll get good things in return.
0: Yeah. Do unto others what you want to be done to yourself. Right. And that is absolutely true. Yeah. Well, as long as after Elliot, you don't put anybody there in your monkey room. (laughs) <laughs> Those poor people are going to have a heart attack. So don't do that. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are coming live to you from United Public Radio Network, 107.7 FM. And you're listening to Science and Paranormal with Dr. Elliot and Dr. Jana. And today we're discussing reincarnation. This is a fantastic topic. We have a it comment is. here.
1: Yeah. May, uh, had a good point, you know, good gestures must come from the heart and not to impress the universe, uh, in hopes of good judgment and sincerity is, is what's judged. And, uh, yeah, it's, that's totally it. You know, I, there's a lot of people that struggle and, and, uh, if, if you're in the position to help people, um, you know, you certainly should. And I like how, uh, certain celebrities that have power do stuff like that you know like i was i read an article about jeff bezos wife uh who received quite the substantial amount of money during their divorce and she's actually made one of those pledges where she um intends to give away all her money that she got from the divorce so she has a charity foundation and they do grants and and things like that i think i looked into it uh to see if the halifax paranormal symposium would exactly um, Uh, apply for it but I I don't think it did. It it had to do with uh, I don't even remember now whether it was children or um, literature or something like that but I thought that was really cool you know like she's got the ability to help multiple different organizations and people and and that's what she's out doing um, when she could just keep all that money herself. But
0: yeah absolutely I think it is it is so important to give at least A big portion, a chunk of what Mm -hmm. comes to you away because of the law, universal law of compensation, because we know of uh, uh, the huge amount of money that people win in the lottery, what happened to them? you know uh that's uh they either lose everything and that is a totally different story of course we're not, not going to go into that but those people who have kept all of their winnings they were actually at the, the negative point meaning that they lost something else very important whether that was health or their children or something negative really happened in their lives and tragedies so you have to be able to give or willing willingly give things away willingly give away amount of money to uh send money to charity to people that are in need it is absolutely essential and i believe in that and this is um, um how i live as well of course um we're not the, those Pharisees that are standing on the corners on the streets and say, saying that, oh, this is what we do, look at us. This is not the, uh, what we're talking about. This is a topic of re- reincarnation. And you have to pave your way to, onto the opposite side of the scale <laughs> when you are uh, um, in that world. Right. So, but the uh, the important uh, outcome of the past life regressions, just to see why and who you were in the your previous lives, is actually to take care of some of the unpleasant uh, conditions that you have in this life. So, a lot of the times that uh, when people would come to me, they would come uh, with different kinds of. Um, uh, infirmities uh, that would have either emotional problems or even physical problems. And sometimes past life regression helps understand where the problem originated from. For example, I, with the story that I told you uh, when I uh, happened to be in on the island of Crete uh, uh, in the palace of Knossos, of course there were ruins of the palace of Knossos, but what happened is that um, I was able to get rid of the um, fear of closed spaces. And that was huge for me because that claustrophobia is not easily taken care of. And for me, I knew where it originated that I was kept in one of those dark rooms in the basement. And I saw exactly within all of the details and I was able to, Pinpoint the source of my problem. So I took care of that. And it's another... really
1: interesting because it makes you wonder, uh, you know, people that have certain fears but they don't understand why they have those fears you know There could be
0: uh, they call them irrational fears of course any yes. fear is irrational right With you would we just look at that and uh, a lot of the fears they serve the purpose of survival of course and that is absolutely fine but some there are irrational fears uh i also with diving into one of my past life i was able to get rid of the fear of the heights I could not understand why I had a fear of the heights. And in one of my past lives, I actually jumped off the cliff. And that was not pretty. But I knew why I had the fear of heights. And I was able to take care of them right there, of that. And then, not only bad... Symptoms that you may have, uh, kind of problems, emotional or physical or phobias, right? There's some good ones because we have some predispositions in our lives. Um, For example, I always uh, was fascinated with the English language and English literature. Mm. Why? I did not understand that. And of course, early on, English is my second language, but I would read literature in English. I'll be so fascinated uh, about it. And um, when I first time went to London, I somehow knew where everything was. And I was so perplexed by that because this is my first time in London, and somehow I know where the streets are, even the names of the streets, and even the corners that were felt so familiar to me, and I knew where everything, not not everything, because it's a modern city, of course, so much was built since then, but I was one time a contemporary of Shakespeare, and of course, there is a a debate whether Shakespeare was a, a fictional uh person or not so we have a comment here
1: we do true Diane past says life that, memories. yeah she says true past life memories and genetic memories affect us in in this lifetime
0: Oh, well, absolutely and that's exactly what happened here that's a beautiful picture diane <laughs> so uh that's exactly what happened uh i discovered that i was a contemporary of um um, Shakespeare at the time. And I was also a writer. And another interesting thing is that I lived in London at the time and, uh, my writing style was pretty sarcastic at the time. So it is in my life now. And, uh, living in London, I could see how that person actually died in London and, uh, I knew English literature at the time. However, I did not know much about that particular writer. And I did not know how he died because not always that we read biographies, but we don't always know the little bitty details how the person died. And I knew that somehow he died by himself alone. Nevertheless, I knew that he had a wife, he had children and somehow he died alone. And when I researched his biography, the last days of uh, his life, I uh, came across that he exactly, he had a wife and children, but they kind of uh, went separate ways at the end of life. And uh, so that was an objective reality for me. I was able to see who I was at the time and where my love for English and English literature comes from. So it's bizarre.
1: Reincarnation is popular as as well in uh, literature and art. It's been, um, you know, kind of explored because of the mysteries surrounding life and death and the possibility of past lives uh, in art and literature. And, and I'm, I'm sure I, I I can't recall a movie about reincarnation, but I'm sure that there's probably definitely movies about reincarnation for sure. Hollywood movies. Yeah. Hollywood movies, too,
0: uh, we need to see. But... Um... Something that I believe that needs to make into holiday, uh, holiday, Hollywood movie. And by the way, uh, I think it was a couple of years ago during the um, uh, pandemic, somebody went to Hollywood sign here in LA and actually put the little tapes on the uh, the two O letters O, and it appeared to be as like, Hollywood, <laughs> <It's> so <funny. laughs> Hollywood. It was Hollywood. so funny at the time. Yeah, Hollywood, and Hollywood. you could see that from the far, that it was a Hollywood. Yeah, some story that needs to make it into Hollywood. Uh, there was one famous story of reincarnation. uh It was a story of Dorothy Louise Eady at the beginning of the uh, 20th century. She is also known as Om Seti. She was... Um, um, British uh, uh, antiques caretaker and folklorist. Mm, she was a keeper of the Abydos Temple of Seti, interestingly enough, uh, and she worked at the Department of Egyptian Antiques. Hmm. She is I don't known think I've heard this for this. her. Yeah, very interesting story. She's known for her belief in a previous life. Uh, she has, uh, she remembered that she was a priestess in ancient Egypt. Uh, she knew so much information and historical facts about Egypt. You know, so what happened that uh, she lived in London, uh, was born in 1904. And uh, the interesting thing about her that uh, when she was three years old, she was playing and she fell down the stairs and she hit her head. And then she was pronounced dead. In fact, uh, the doctor came and he pronounced her dead. Uh, and her mother was inconsolable when they saw that she actually came back to life the girl came back to life but she was no longer the same dorothy Uh, she started to have um, memories of her egyptian life and uh, she kept saying that i want to go home and when she was asked where is her home she would just say i don't know but i want to go home and later in her life, I believe that when she was eight years old, uh, her parents uh, took her to the British Museum. And there she saw Egyptian artifacts. And she went crazy. She was so happy. She was walking from statue to statue, kissing their feet and in fact, she was yelling at the passersby, uh, Why are they walking in, uh, in the presence of the pharaohs uh, uh, with their shoes on? Long story short, she in fact moved to Egypt. Wow. And she was, she moved to Egypt late, later in life. She became, uh, she learned Egyptian, of course. And one of the uh, scientists at the time they actually said that, that there was not the one single person who would know Egyptian language and also the culture and history at the same time. And she was the one. So she helped uh, the science to discover, um, she she helped science. So she was a translator from Egyptian language as well. And she knew facts from Abydos that uh, were not... Um, uh any that th- they were not written in any of the literature or historical books and she helped to discover even the garden around the Abydos uh, and uh, that was a very interesting story and I've noticed that the, also the commonality with this kind of recreations nations that uh, we can talk here in the, our paranormal show that um, she was pronounced dead, Dr. Elliot. That's a very interesting thing. And then evidently my understanding is that she was possessed by another spirit that they needed to come back and to finish the work that was unfinished before. So centuries later, evidently the, that priestess from Abydos, she inhabited the, the body of the girl and she wanted to get back to Egypt. But it's so interesting to me, why England? why did it have to be england why could it not happen somewhere in egypt that's a very interesting thing
1: yeah it is interesting uh i don't know if it was like uh like you said she was pronounced dead and that opened some sort of doorway from the you know when you're stuck in that spiritual realm and want to come back um it's definitely very fascinating you know i think it would be great to uh I I really wish that uh, yeah, Jim Tucker would have been able to come to the the symposium because I know him and Ian Stevenson, like you said, but their work through the University of Virginia's uh, perceptual studies uh, unit, they're really trying to explore reincarnation and past life regression uh, from a scientific standpoint. And um, it's yeah, it's just I think it's fascinating because it's definitely a topic. Within psychology, psychiatry, and even uh, quantum physicists are interested in this too, because it has to do, you know, with some of their theories about, um, you know, multiverses and things like that. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's when you start diving into that kind of that kind of stuff, it it becomes super super fascinating, and uh, you can almost fall down a rabbit hole researching all this stuff.
0: Yeah, and uh, well, the interesting thing about it, uh, uh, how can we extract the benefit for us now? Why do we even learn anything about the, our past lives or reincarnation uh, if it doesn't have any effect on our lives now? But if it does, then perhaps it could be one of the wider therapies Therapeutic therapeutic approaches to take care of some of the infirmities, some uh, emotional, psychological, physical problems. Right? We could be uh, learning about the cause and not really treating the
1: mm-hmm. symptoms. Well, some people in psychology and psychiatry believe that the, the subconscious mind holds on to these past memories and experiences, and it's not accessible through, you know, our conventional memory retrieval processes. So, um, you know, when you undergo hypnosis or hypnotic regression, it helps bring those subconscious memories to the forefront. And then, like you said, maybe there's an underlying fear, uh, you know, claustrophobia or heights that, uh, you know, you haven't dealt with. And maybe that can kind of help you. I'm sure for some people, it is, uh, you know, very therapeutic.
0: Yeah, I had uh, uh, one client uh, who... Wouldn't have to have all those crazy stories in order to believe, right? Uh, We can hear about them in the media, of course, and we can see movies about them as well. But how do they help in our everyday life, uh, the the day-to-day life, right? And I am interested in practical application, so, one of the women that came to me she um was already in her late thirties, and uh, she wasn't able to settle down and she was like in between and always in parties and not knowing how to settle down and um when we looked back, uh, she really wanted to have children and a family. But when we look back at her life, she was in a seventeenth century courtesan and mm. At that and, and she did not have any children at that time. But coming back, she said with, the with all the visionary, all the images that she had at the time, but her experience, she was able to make sense of it and. Um, actually stop partying, stop spending so much time and spending so much energy on sexual encounters with different partners. I was able to actually to stop and learn from that experience um, and to settle down and to uh, get married and to have children, to have a family. So that was one of the practical applications uh, that I know, and um, that can happen just to anyone. And I'm not saying that every problem can be solved with the past life regression and hypnosis, but that is surely one of the solutions to many questions.
1: Mm, now, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's it's it gets you thinking, you know, for sure. It's it's got my it's got my mind. Uh, yeah racing around the topic it's it's an exciting topic and like i said uh there's definitely lessons to be learned i find like as we gain more and more experience in life um i often think back you know in the past and be like oh geez i wish i could go back and talk to my you know my previous self and kind of guide give some guidance and say like you know you might not want to focus on this and focus on that uh and it's, you um, did
0: dr elliot you did would you like to talk about your experience that we just had with the
1: yeah so, uh, regression? So, <laughs> so before the show, yeah so before the show uh dr yen and i spent maybe an hour i guess uh yeah i'm you know, doing a little bit of uh hypnotic regression work and uh definitely picked up some themes and again um uh, like some of the themes were uh you know not to work too hard i definitely my Previous career in this lifetime had worked uh, quite substantially. I'd work at least eighty hours a week uh, was kind of my average, so double what most people work. And then when I worked on uh, homicide, there was at least three times that we worked at least one hundred and twenty-six hours a week. So extreme, um, you know, working hours, and it it has obviously taken a toll on my body, um, you know, physically and 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 mentally so one of the messages was uh you know not to uh not to not to work you know as hard you know like certainly you have to work hard and and strive to hit goals i'm not telling people to sit on the couch and eat potato chips but uh you know um you just got to take care of yourself you know you don't want to in those 80 hours every week and uh, I know Sarah said in her previous j- two, sec- two jobs ago, I should say, she was a director. She had a director position, but she said all she did was work. Uh, you know, uh, she was, uh, basically the head of human resources, um, in kind of a mental health organization. And she said it was just nonstop. You were on your phone all the time dealing with issues and, um, you know at the time like she was in the the height of her career but she said now with uh you know a child here at home and and, and all that she's just not in, interested in putting in that kind of hours and work she wants more of a, a life work balance and you know i think we do go through different phases in our life you know uh where we may be more career oriented than we are family oriented for sure um but no it was uh, it was interesting and um yeah there were some things that i was kind of You know, thinking about in my consciousness, come up, uh, you know, uh, there was a, we were looking at uh, in the future in another but life for the past,
0: hold on hold on but for the past what happened there is that uh, the good thing that we asked you uh in the past it was what it was the late 60s interestingly enough right late 60s and you could yes, see everything seven. in the room yeah not the, like yes i still recall the, uh, that it was uh, July 2nd
1: 1967
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's interesting. July 2nd. I'll have 2nd. to, look.
1: I'll oh. have to look, up, yeah, look up what happened on July 2nd, 1967. See what, see
0: yeah, l- let's look at it. Perhaps, yeah, you can find um, even more parallels. But I think is that we asked, um, if you were not supposed to work so hard, what would you do? And the mm-hmm. advice was to learn, right, and uh, to become a learned man, right. To and what did you do? Uh, not only that, you got bachelor's, you got master's, you got PhD, you got everything that you can possibly think of. Yeah. And you yeah, don't no, work yeah. manual labor. That is very interesting versus what you had before. And your previous, you did not want you to work manual labor.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know what? I think a lot of a lot of people that i've known that have worked manual labor are like that with their kids they don't want them to have to do that you know it's it's interesting it's funny because like you know i chose the path to go to university because back in my day they told told us that's what you had to do you had to go to university get a degree you didn't want to go to trade school but then we've kind of come to a point now in society where if you have a skill set you're actually you know kind of more valuable than having a university degree, uh, such as like plumbing, electricians, uh, HVAC workers, um, anyone that's got a skill set, drillers, crane operators, forklift drivers, there's all kinds of needs for trades. People, but back then, uh, and I would tell know, you
0: that sometimes they get more money than PhDs do. So it, it is oh not the, the matter. God. Of, of
1: yeah. course, they almost have a license. Like uh, like right now, even somebody that's just out um, snow plowing in Cape Breton, like they're just they. They couldn't. When you would text them to come plow your driveway, they said, "Yeah, it's going to be like four or five days because they're just working around the clock. Like they've got so many calls coming in, it's like a license to print money for them, you know, in certain certain occupations. And um, <laughs> you know, once and once a you get to
0: print money, it it yeah. almost is. Yeah.
1: But uh, once you get you know, uh, your red seal status or whatnot too. Like you can open up your own uh, business. Like my uh, brother-in-law, my sister's husband, Jeremy, he um, is an electrician and he has, uh, oh, that's interesting. Diane uh, mentioned that on July 2nd, 1967, there was an operation Buffalo worst day in Vietnam more more losses uh, to United States Marines. Interesting.
0: Oh, um, Interesting. And that you're isn't... at the time when I asked when your family was, they were nowhere around, and you were kind of sad. Remember that? So maybe that was a reflection of what was happening at the time. So who knows?
1: Yeah, yeah, could could have been, um, but no, it's uh, yeah, it's I don't know, it's 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 fascinating. I, yeah, I and then the you looked the, the I you glimpse into kind of the
0: future, future, future. <laughs> remember
1: that? <laughs> yeah, and the future, the future was interesting because it was. uh, you know, uh, not, uh, not work, not overworking. It was like, you know, obviously busy and, uh, with the medical system in Canada right now, it, uh, maybe in the future, it'll be better. And this was future. So he didn't, didn't seem too stressed out, but I came up with the name John Cook. That was an MD.
0: Yeah. Uh, which
1: was interesting. Um, yeah. You were
0: 38. You were a doctor in the 30, 45. What was that in September? That was September. Interesting. 30- thirty.
1: The- September 3045 and a doctor named uh John Cook MD but um something like, that
0: we cannot verify right now.
1: Yeah, 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 I don't even know. We'd need a time machine for that, but um it'll be interesting if anyone knows uh in uh you know almost 100 years from now if they know a doctor John Cook MD let me <laughs> let me know. But the thing
0: is that <laughs> the time is not linear. And we can go from the past to the present in into the future. And not always that we are supposed to know things in the future. Of course, that's why it is not easily given to us or even the past. But uh, it is very interesting. And when you discuss, when you said that, that I'm a doctor, but I don't wear the doctor's clothes or the white garments, like as I wear now, right? Can I ask mm. you what year it was? And perhaps in a 100 years, the uniform is going to be totally different.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you see a lot of doctors now in private practice uh that just kind of wear business casual clothes, really like khakis and, you know, maybe like a button-up shirt or something like that, but I mean, uh yeah, I'm sure I'm sure uh, it'll be a lot different uh, in the future.
0: Yeah, and our soul can remember. It does remember everything. It's just we don't remember what happened in the past to us and the great advice that you receive from your future self. Uh, to what you have to do now, and it has it's um, has everything to do with what you're doing now to increase the awareness, and awareness could also be also through um, bringing this information, the tying science uh, to the paranormal. What is called paranormal, probably in a hundred years, it is not going to be paranormal. Will be quite normal for the majority of the population, but for now, that it is, and. Um, uh, john cook yourself told you that uh, uh you have to put more work um and to do better research mm. yeah
1: yeah that's something that uh that like and again that's been on my mind too with uh, or, our organization because we haven't done um a ton of research uh one is, is it's hard to have an idea that i think uh would be really cool um we we're the uh, the cases where people have created like a password or a code word uh-huh. with their family and uh, they tell the family like if you ever go to a medium or a psychic you're hearing th- this code word or whatever it's it's me coming through and then that's how you'll know that the, the psychic or the medium is uh, is legitimate and uh, I was thinking I was like oh that would be cool to go around to uh, like to get the permission obviously you'd have to go through the uh, you know an, some sort of F- get the permission um, and then go to like hospices and see if you can get some research participants to sign up and come up with a code with the person that's, uh, you know, going to die. And we keep that code locked, like locked up. So the family doesn't know what the code is. Only the investigators do and the dying person. Hmm. Then we tell the family that if you decide at some point to go see a medium or, uh, something like that in the future and you're ever given like a code word or a word that's repeated or whatnot, contact us and uh, we want to compare it. And um, I thought that would be really cool because if you did that to multiple different people, a lot of people do, you know, end up going to see a psychic. I know after my brother passed away uh, Mm -hmm. in May of last year, my sister went in the fall to see a psychic, Um, you know, so some people, Mm -hmm do that. So it would be really interesting to kind of see if we get any hits on that. Now, one, I, I can already see some skepticism about it. And one skepticism would be, well, how, how do we know that the person that is dying, didn't tell one of their family members what the code word is? You know, I guess, I guess that's something that we'd have to try and work on some, some protocols on, but um, I think it would be a cool kind of pro- research project to do.
0: Yeah, that is very interesting. And also, um, you can do phenomenological research because I had a. Uh, I can share a little story here that I remember with a friend of mine. I think I told that story before. Uh, she came to visit me uh, from Europe and um, uh, just in the middle of her stay, I had a feeling that she needed to go home. And I shared that with her and she got offended at me. I said, I have a feeling that you need to be home. You just urgently need to be home. And uh, she got offended and she left uh, and she called me the day after saying that I am so grateful to you that you told me to go home because her boyfriend died that day and it was a violent death. He was shot because he was one of um, the big shots and uh, rich man. So he was assassinated essentially. Uh, But the interesting thing is that I never knew that man. I never knew what he looked like. I never knew how he dressed. And the interesting thing is that um, they, on the opposite side, they know who can see and they come to those who can see. So by never communicating with him, only probably one time over the phone, Uh, he came to me when she went back to Europe. He came to me when I was in the United States and he asked me persistently because I was just uh, disregarded. It was late uh, at night and I was uh, getting ready to go to sleep. And he would just ask me uh, to call her and to tell her that he loves her and he wants her to be happy. Now, the interesting thing is that uh, uh, he told me, he said, I never told her that I loved her. And, but you need to tell her that I do. So I'm calling my friend. And the thing is that I also saw what he was wearing because he came to me like in a flesh and blood, right? I saw everything that he was wearing. And I called her and I said, listen, uh, your boyfriend came (laughs) here. And to her, it was uh, something uh, out of uh, uh, science fiction. And she's like, what are you talking about? My boyfriend came to you, he's dead. And I said yeah that's exactly what i'm trying to tell you that um uh, he came and he asked me to tell you that uh, he loves you and she said he never told me that he never uttered those words that he loves me and i said even that i know that he never told you but now he says that he loves you and he wants you to be happy and uh, I said I don't know what he uh, was wearing ever, but this is what he wore when I saw him. And I told her a gray uh, jacket, the brown pants, and what he looked like. And she started crying because she said that this is what he was wearing when he died.
1: So you actually I- had uh, you actually had two paranormal experiences there because um, when your friend was visiting and you had that feeling that she needed to. Um, that it would be a premonition. Uh, you you know you had a sense that something bad or harmful was about to happen, and uh, right had that intuitive insight, uh, but you didn't have the specific details about it. And uh, you know, then it turns out she left. She was upset, but you know, yeah. finds out that her boyfriend got uh, murdered. But yeah. then you you saw him, so you actually had uh, an after death visitation. That's well. true. You had you had two paranormal experiences in, in that one story, which is in one, yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, uh, sometimes they're funny. For example, we just recently with a friend of mine, she uh, was going through some experience that I did not even know what she was doing. And all of a sudden, and that that is a funny part when it happens. I never knew her dad. I never knew her dad, and he passed away several years back not even several years, I think it was uh, about even 10 years back that he passed away. And uh, it was summer summertime and I was sitting down just at the end of the full day, I was finally sitting down and I said, okay, like I'm gonna mindlessly watch something on TV and eat ice cream. So I opened up the uh, bags of uh, ice cream, right? And I just <laughs> almost put my spoon into, that, uh, um, into the, to, to scoop the ice cream. And I see, I feel, I feel the presence of a man. And I'm like, oh, could, could have been like my grandfather, but I didn't see him for such a long time. And who is this? And uh, comes her father that I've never seen in my life. And I said, well, interesting. I only know your name. What is your uh, patronymic name? Because in the Russian culture, you also have patronymic name. You don't call uh, you uh, as Elliot, for example. You would also find out your dad's name. Uh, what is your dad's name, by the way?
1: Neil. It was Neil. Neil. Yeah.
0: So you would be Ed- Elliot Nilevich. So okay. that would uh, the, the patronymic name. This is how we would refer to you. And interestingly enough, that he told me he has the patronymic name as well. I said, like, oh, okay. So now I know. And he told me, uh, please tell my daughter that she should not engage in the uh, in the project with burning pictures. And I'm like, hmm, I think I was in the sun for too long. And I'm like, okay, burning pictures. What is going on there? And <laughs> so he said, I, I said, why don't you just tell her yourself? And he says that she will believe you more than if I came. I said, okay, so I'm dialing and I'm telling her, your your dad was just here and uh, uh, he told me his name, his patronymic name, and this is what it is. And uh, she said, that's exactly what it was his patronymic name was and i said that he came in an interesting time when i was eating ice cream he said and she told me that he had such a sweet tooth for ice cream that of course he was going to be in the time when someone is eating ice cream and, oh my um, goodness
1: that's that's funny i find that yeah. interesting that's like a funny coincidence yeah
0: And uh, what the interesting thing was that I believe that it was not even the the coincidence, I still ponder this question myself, how after so many years, perhaps uh, the person did not get reincarnated, right? Perhaps it was stuck somewhere in between protecting his daughter. Mm. I don't know, but listen to this, check this out. I uh, told her not to get involved, as her dad asked me to, not to get involved in the project with Burning Pictures. So, she said, I don't know what the burning picture means, but I said, okay, so what project are you doing right now? She was working with holographic uh, designs of our aura to take pictures of the auras.
1: Right, right.
0: And... Her, and those would be, if you look at it, at uh, uh, the picture uh with the with the depiction of the aura of the person, and there's several layers, it would look that the picture is burning, that the person is burning.
1: Interesting. So her
0: dad never had to deal with this kind of information, with this kind of a research. He did not know, he didn't have any frame of reference at the time that he died what it would be like, what it would be called and even had nothing to do even with auras in his lifetime. He saw what it was and he called it burning pictures.
1: Yes. Exactly, and I,
0: Kirlian photography. That's yes. what it is right now. Thanks, Diane.
1: Kirlian photography. Yes. Yeah, I, uh, and I have, Kirlian I have, photography, uh, by
0: the way, guys, it's also Russian, the Kirlian uh, scientist, uh, uh, Kirlian, that uh, also Russian, he invented this method.
1: Oh, interesting. I so. uh, learned something new tonight. Uh, I had heard about, uh, Kirillin photography and actually had a friend, uh, attend a kind of a, I think it was a psychic fair basically. And, um, she had a photograph taken yeah, of her aura and I had asked her to try and find the, uh, the mediums card because I wanted to learn, uh, you know, more about the process kind of thing, but she couldn't find the business card. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it is an interesting, interesting topic for sure. Um, what was I thinking? I was thinking of something that would be interesting for us to to discuss on a, another show sometime. I had it there and it's gone. I'll have to uh, I'll have to think about it. But I, it was another paranormal topic that I think would be really fascinating for us to discuss.
0: Yeah, I think point. that the. Uh- well, that would be great. We have to think about it, right? It went right into your subconscious mind, into your I know, I lost mind.
1: It. I, lo- I lost it. It's uh, uh two here <laughs> in uh, Sydney, Nova Scotia, so it's getting uh, it's getting late. But I uh, I love I love conversing with our uh, fans. Well, that's another idea actually that I had uh, is one night um, you and I should do an open mic. And we'll have our listeners, if they want to message us questions about the paranormal or psychology or uh, hypnotic regression or hypnosis, then we can just kind of answer it. And we'll have like maybe a couple of topics that we can talk to in case we're not getting any questions or it's slow. Um, but I think that would be really interesting too, and uh, really engaging with uh, with our listeners.
0: All right, that they- is such a great idea.
1: Yeah, great, I think great, that'd be fun. Idea. Maybe maybe we'll do that next time. It's uh, it's uh, just the two of us. Yeah, just the just two, two about <laughs> <laughs> Yes, is.
0: <laughs> yes. just, just right. <laughs> look at that.
1: Look at that. Extrasensory excellence.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, as you know, so you have extrasensory perception, of course, and that's why you were able to get easily back into one of your lifetimes. Right. Yeah. And also um, the future projection, we cannot the, verify it now, but the, that would be interesting to spend more time in order to get uh, more details. And then it could be uh, empirically verified. We can have mm-hmm. um, historical evidence. Like Diane told us, it was um, the worst time in American history. So perhaps we could be looking at that Um uh, why things happen, why you feel a certain way, right? And more uh, artifacts, so just to look at the, the past and see what you can bring from there into your present life.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And uh, we just want to let everyone know, too, that's listening, uh, don't forget to give us a like on Facebook, uh, follow us, subscribe to us on uh, YouTube there. Uh, and- you know, those are all the uh, different ways you can support us. We also have a website as well. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, it's www.scienceandparanormalpodcast.com. And we also have an email, paranormal at ppri.net. Um, we actually did get a message on our Facebook, and we're going to uh, watch those videos uh, that we were sent. It's a certain type of, uh, I believe, trans. Inst- uh, inst- communication device uh, method that's being used uh, so yeah we'll uh, do some do some research on that and if it's interesting maybe we'll uh, ask the gentleman to come on and explain it all to us
0: yeah because uh, it's interesting to communicate with you guys ask us questions uh, propose ideas what you would like to uh to hear from us to discuss and bring science to you so please let us know and i'm so happy that we had a lot of um conversation here uh thank you both great topic awesome thank you diane says so thank you diane for being so active today and yeah it's great you really never it. know
1: who's gonna pop on and ask us uh, questions or give us comments it's it's uh it's really great and uh, like i said uh, don't be afraid to send us an email or message us on facebook um yeah
0: let's or, ask a question diane where are you from where are you watching where are you listening to us would be interesting to know because we come from all sorts of all corners of earth to this radio show. So it would be nice to know where our listeners are.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. It would be. Yeah. It'll uh, I think if we had an open mic uh, one time, I think that would be uh, really cool. Um,
0: yeah. We so another, we should do it. Well, May, soon. May, uh,
1: May really enjoyed listening to us tonight. So that was great too. It's awesome.
0: Kawartha no, uh... Lakes, Ontario, Canada. Interesting. Oh, another the Canadian. Answers,
1: yeah. Another Canadian. There you go. Yeah. I think it's uh, so no.
0: I think
1: it's. I think it's great. There's always so much uh, when it comes to the paranormal and science uh, to talk about. Um, I'd also like to try and find. Uh, I, I saw something about. Uh, it was just a news article that they had found some runes Um, underneath the ocean that they thought might have been a former stone wall by some sort of civilization. It would be really cool if we could track down uh, like an interesting researcher on Atlantis and do an episode on Atlantis.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. We'll have to see who like, who's the Atlantis guru. If anyone out there listening knows who the Atlantis guru is, let us know. I think it would be, be really cool to talk about something like that. Oh, we have a Dartmouth from, here, too. May is from Dartmouth. Uh, so I, mm-hmm. I think that is it Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. Or is it there's lots of Dartmouth in uh, in the States? I know that. I think I think there was a Dartmouth in Massachusetts when I used to go visit. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting.
0: Thank oh, and yeah. Diane said she
1: lived in uh, England, too, so she's lived all over.
0: I know, I know. Well, how about Dr. Elliot? We have an open mic next time. So people already know about it and come and visit us and prepare their questions.
1: Oh, May said yes. Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. Awesome. So not Uh only do we have another another Canadian, we've actually got a Nova Scotian here. That's that's great. That's great. Surrounded Um,
0: by Canadians.
1: May, you'll have to come to the 2024 Halifax Paranormal Symposium. Look us up on Facebook. Um, I'm hoping to have Dr. Yana there next year's her to do something on near death experiences, or she could do, um, you know, something on past lives and, and hypnosis as well. But, uh, I know she's, I know you've got a near death experience. I don't think you've ever told me about it. Um, but I think your near death, uh, lecture would be really, really fascinating. And it's something, something that the audience wanted as well was, was near death experiences. So I think, uh, Yeah, I think that would go over extremely well next year. So I'm going to have to That was such an
0: unforgivable mistake of mine to miss the deadline. This year. You got busy. Unforgivable mistake. You got busy. Yeah. Yeah. Next year for sure. Next year.
1: Oh, yeah. Definitely. 100%.
0: All right. Well, fantastic, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We were live on the United Public Radio Network, 107.7 FM. And we were here together with Dr. Elliot and myself, Dr. Yana, and all of you interacting with us today. So thank you very much. And we hope to see you uh, next uh, Tuesday on the yeah. Open Mic. Prepare your questions.
1: Yes. prepare
0: to hear the answers.
1: I'll advertise it on our social media, too, that we want to, you know, have you come join, listen to us, and ask us whatever you want.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, awesome. See you all next time, next Tuesday. Goodbye, everyone. And Dr. Elliot, go to sleep right now. (laughs) It's too late for you.
1: (laughs) I will. Sounds great. (laughs) Good night, (laughs) everyone.
0: Good night. Good night.